The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. to you from high atop Weasel Plaza in lovely downtown Los Santos, California. We are Those Guys with Ships, and this is the first cast, our star citizen news and speculation show. You like what I did there? Speculation. Yeah, I cue uh, wild saxophone. <laughs> My name is Ryan Johnson, and I'm here to destroy your childhood. We have a name and some descriptive information for episode seven, there, Jimmy. Uh, yes, yes, we do. Um, I, let me let me first uh, say that uh, as I was driving in uh, my to work this morning, my mm-hmm. wife texted me an image: uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was overwhelmingly excited uh, on the false assumption that this was the announcement of an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Ah. <sighs> I, uh, without paying too much attention, exuberantly exclaimed, I called it. (laughs) I saw that. On the Twitter machine. (laughs) uh, To which someone was like, called what? And uh, I said, uh, you know, Kenobi movie. To which my wife promptly sent me a text message uh, saying, no, 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 honey. That's that's the the next, you know, Skywalker movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's episode eight. I was like, oh, (laughs) oh. But... I will say that um, I, I freely and um, 100% uh, clarified my error, apologized for my confusion. You did. I noticed that. I know. The mea culpa. Uh-huh. It's okay to make a mistake sometimes, people, and it's okay to own up to it. Yes. Yes, it was. Just saying. Just saying. Well, uh, so what we know um, is that The Last Jedi, and I guess this came out in an interview with uh, Mr. Johnson last week in USA Today or something, okay. that, uh, that uh, The Last Jedi will focus upon what Luke has been up to since his disappearance. I guess it would be post-episode six. So it goes away for a while. You know, where's Luke? Where's Luke? we got to find Luke. You know, got a, got a map. Pieces missing. Find another piece of map. Where's Luke? Well, maybe he's over here. Um, so then, of course, we end episode seven with uh, Ray. Uh, landing on the island with the temple of the first uh, temple of the, fir- the fir- temple of the first Jedi or the what's it called? I thought it was just an ancient Jedi temple. I thought it was the the first Jedi temple, but anyway, yeah, probably. So anyway, uh, that that is what happened there. Um, oh, and I should mention too because uh, when I when I heard the name, I immediately began googling because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a book of the same name, uh, which um, apparently has nothing to do with the movie and is no longer canon. Um, I think that's, it was canon. That's surprising. Was canon at one point, but they did a they did a big revision, I guess, uh, sometime back here, and so it's not canon now. 
Um, and I believe uh, that uh, it's uh, so that's what we know is that it's going to be w- about Luke and then um, also um, I just read before we started recording that it's going to fill in some backstory on some of the other characters that were uh, introduced in episode 7 so I guess we'll learn a little bit more about uh, Maz Kanata Finn, Finn and um, uh, uh, Poe Dameron uh, stuff like that oh, okay. Um now, um, I believe that it has been said that uh, Ryan Johnson's movie, um, and you know, he's writing and directing episode eight and is writing episode nine, though they're going to have somebody else direct it. Um, that it's going to be, his movie is going to be a bit of a departure from the way Star Wars movies have been done to this point. Okay. So that concerns me. Um, concerns me, uh, like, you know, I get, I get changing things up. Um, and I think that it worked okay for the uh, the latest Star Trek movie, you know, which wasn't great, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and that was like, like the Fast and Furious guy stepped in because um, JJ did the first one and the second one. Um, can I can I just interject for a second sure. and say and say just this? Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back was a departure from what we what we would consider Star Wars. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, how so? Elaborate. Uh, written by someone that was not George Lucas. Uh, darker tone, uh, mm-hmm. more serious tone, uh, more in-depth dialogue, more character development. Generally speaking, Empire Strikes Back was um, a bit different than A New Hope, mm-hmm. and much darker than Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, okay. in that respect, and tonally speaking. You can see the similarities between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Um, you can see George Lucas's stamp on it. Right. Um, you know, you can also see, you know, if you really break it down, the difference in Empire Strikes Back. Right. So I don't necessarily have concern when he says it's going to be a departure. Uh, Rogue One's also a good example. Um, I did miss the opening crawl. I'm not going to lie, but. Rogue One was a very different Star Wars movie than any Star Wars movie that we had seen to date. And uh, I thought it was fantastic. Okay. So let me pick it up there. Rogue One, in a way, in its own way, a flashback film. Yeah. I would okay. al- almost a prequel. Right. Okay. And uh, so if we're going to be spending time looking on what happened since Luke disappeared um, and also get some backstory filled in for uh, characters, other characters who are either returning and or introduced in uh, Episode 7, it, that feels very flashbacky to me, which, is, which I think for um, a sort of uh, parallel existing movie like Rogue One, that's, that's great. That's great because it, it, it gives you greater context. But Episodes 1 through 7 are one essentially one continuous arc with you know some time between you know a couple of the movies but it's it's one narrative narrative arc um if we do a flashback with episode eight assuming that episode nine is going to be some sort of culmination you know we we're going to just like tie everything up in one movie it's like that's just that 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 seems that scares me well, I, I would imagine that, you know, there may be some elements of, of backstory fill-inage, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like making up words. You do. Fill-inage. 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 To fill in missing blanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 
Uh, you know, I they, they'll probably they probably will show some of that, but the, I'm sure I, I am positive that they will also advance the current story because a lot of that has to tie into Ray, has to tie into um, to uh, Ben, has mm-hmm. to tie into, uh, and I mean, um, um, bad guy Ben, right. Han, Han murderer Ben. Mm. Um, Patricide. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, what's for dinner. You know, they've already they've already said that Carrie Fisher is in the movie, so so there will be. I can almost guarantee there will be an advancement of the current plot. They may just be filling in a bunch of gaps with some flashback stuff. Okay, well, you know, my my, my concern is I don't want to end up in a situation where Episode 9, like I say, uh, Johnson's writing it, but they don't have a director yet. So Episode 9, they bring in Quentin Tarantino so that they can kill everybody. <laughs> you, know, you know what I wonder, though, actually? I wonder if Episode 9... Um, will be the end like truly the end of the Jedi Order uh, you know what I mean like kind of like samurais there, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is a tradition there is, there is a history to uh, the samurais uh, from ancient from ancient Japan but it's not an order anymore it's not a military organization anymore um, you know it's not it's feudal Japan anymore so I wonder if the the end the end of the Skywalker Kenobi um, Sidious um, you know that whole story arc I wonder if it will finally kind of be the end of the Jedi's as we know them c- completely there will like there will not be a Jedi order going forward there will not be any more Jedi's trained um, and that this will be the the closing the the Skywalkers will in fact bring balance to the Force. Um, and it will be it will be done. The Jedi's and the Sith will will be gone forever at that point. No, yeah, I guess you know the that the inhabitants of the the galaxy beyond that point would have a different relationship with the Force. Right, exactly, and that also opens up the door to well, what do they do next? And I'm also wondering if they will at that point um, start to mine uh, the old Republic. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Could be a wealth of stories. You can introduce a whole new cast of characters. You've got, you know, uh, an entire Jedi order. You have an entire Sith order. You've got, you know, Sith on on you know populating planets. I mean, it's it's a it can open up a wealth of new stories and new directions for Star Wars. Well, one thing we know for sure is that if we keep lining up and buying tickets, they're going to keep making these things. Hey, man, as long as they keep writing. I, t- I told somebody that the other day. I said, you know, as long as they continue to produce good content, they could put something out every half hour, and I will be happy. <laughs> you have to quit your job, Jimmy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Rebels Rebels is phenomenal. I mean, if you're not watching Rebels, anybody out there, if you're not watching Rebels, watch Rebels. I mean, the first season's a little soft. It's a little bit more geared towards kids. But they very quickly move past that, and the story arcs are incredible. And um, the 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 background that they're filling in, little bits here and there, um, leading up to Rogue One, leading up to A New Hope, um, are v- it's very cool. It's a very very cool show. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful um, story universe. Yeah, you know? absolutely, it really really is. So my last sort of point on this is that after uh, the passing of uh, Carrie Fisher, you know, I really, part of me really wanted to know that her story arc was going to complete as uh, the story, you know, as the, as the writers intended, that, that she was going to be able to have a complete, that or, uh, Leia was going to have a complete story arc, go to um, a, a logical, meaningful conclusion, and um, it 
you know, so this, if, if this is like primarily or even to a significant extent a flashback movie and it's already done and she's already shot all of her parts, I feel less confident that's going to happen. And so that part of that makes me a, a little bit nervous. There is, I would agree. There is absolutely, I do have concern about what they do with, uh, with General Leia story arc. Well, they, they've um, said they're not going to CGI her. No, so. no. Yeah. And, and, and I understand why they wouldn't. I mean, it's, it's, like too soon. Well, it's you know too soon. You know what I mean? It's yeah. oh yeah. Well, that's yeah, I guess I guess uh, Peter Cushing's been been gone long enough that it's okay yeah. to, to like you know yeah, okay. There, there comes a, <laughs> there, well, there kind of comes a crossover point. You know what I mean? Where it's like it becomes nostalgic. Where where like his grandkids are are adults and they go, oh, it's really cool to see my grandfather again. You know, but Carrie Fisher just passed away. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, I majored in gallows humor. I don't know if I ever told you that. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not All my fault. Right. It's not my fault. All right. Well, so anyway, excitements, excitements. Yeah, it's um, um, you know, any anytime we get uh, news of, of this of this sort, uh, you know, there's uh, there's thrills, there's fears, you know, there's there's all the things that make being a, a sci-fi nerd um, what it is. It's so. a great time to be a sci-fi nerd. It really, really is. And speaking of sci-fi nerds, Jimmy, do you know what time it is? Is it time to talk about Star Citizen? Star Citizen! Citizen of the Stars! Oh, God. It's time to talk about Subscriber Flare! Yes, that's right! Totally stuck in your head. 2947. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, and when I started doing that, I go, where do I know that from? It's like, oh, that's right, from last time. It's a hit. I'm telling you, it's a hit. It is. It is. This month's subscriber flare is the next piece in the Space Plant series, the Altrusia Lacus, also known as the Revenant Tree. The Space Plant collection features exotic plants found throughout the galaxy. This Revenant Tree is the seventh item in our Space Plant series, and contrary to its ominous name, the Revenant is act. Revenant is actually a subgenus of the Altrusha tree, an indigenous plant of Terra 3 known for its thick and colorful leaves. Geoengineers introduced fields of Altrusias to Hyperion in an effort to break up the dust storms. Jimmy, can you say eucalyptus? Eucalyptus. Do you have you guys have the eucalypti down there? Yeah, somewhere. Do you? Do I you? mean, um, I don't I don't actively go looking for the plant. I'm not a botanist. Well, I mean, I, eucalyptus obviously are they're from Australia, and they were they were brought here uh, to uh, to for a number of reasons, I suppose. But for one, was to create windbreaks, you know, because they they grew fast and they were extremely hardy in in um, in, in windy situations. So, Northern California has them everywhere. Um, they weren't intended to go everywhere, but they somehow have figured out how to do that all on their own. So, that's what this made me think of. <clears throat> I uh, I actually and you, and you know this we've talked about this I like the space plants but what I'm what I'm really curious about is when are we going to see um, specimen jars when are we going to have these types of jars with maybe little floating critters in them mm, well you know this may be a move in that direction because although the project failed the Altrusha tree adapted to the perpetual wind pattern shedding its leaves and thickening the wood in the trunk botanists initially believed that the Altrusius and I'm going I'm to pronounce that every possible way uh, before finishing this, had died, but on closer inspection, discovered that they were quite alive, and thus the name was born. All I got to say is, I am Groot. Because if you look at that little guy, 
Tell me that's not a Groot tree. It uh, it is very Groot esque. I, I will give you that. It is Grootish. Have you seen the uh, the trailer for the new one? Yes. Oh, for the next. Oh my god, it's so cool. Uh, it, yeah, I, I, lots of lots of LOLs. Oh god, I just I love. <laughs> I just, it's so stupid, and I love it so hard. All right, so. Space plant, uh, it's not a ship, um, but you know what? I still found something to like because that's the kind of guy I am. Awkward silence. Hello, hello. Recognition, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I, I love an awkward silence. We don't have them enough anymore. I know, I know. But the, the, the problem with them is you, ha- you have to sprink them, sprinkle them judiciously. Otherwise, they become less awkward. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So um, we got some recognition. That's right. Us, those guys with ships. Yay! Uh, this, this week in Star Citizen in the um, community spotlight on that was put out on January 16th. Uh, Talk Citizen, I guess, was the theme of, of that uh, uh, particular uh, communication. Those guys with ships began in the summer of 2014 with three guys from ships and a whole lot of excitement for the best band. Best damn space him ever. With over 130 episodes, Gleep, Jimmy, Ace, and Mark bring a fun discussion of the project that is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and more. So that was that was nice to, to have them put that out there. So we want to say thank you, Mr. Jaw Red One Disco Lando. You see what I did there? Red yes, Red. yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, very nice of you to mention that. So I uh, wanted to, to acknowledge that uh, we can read, we did read, and it made us smile. It was, it was really nice. It's like, you know, and you and I were talking earlier before the show, and it's like, you know, we, we purposely, you know, we, we don't do ship gives, giveaways. We don't really actively pursue bringing people onto the show. No. Um, you know, we just we just do our thing, you know, and, and I, we don't really do it to be recognized. We do it because we love the game. We do it because we love the community. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it because we like to be active in the community, and that's really kind of as far as it goes. So it, it's nice to occasionally get a little bit of recognition, um, especially, you know, like I said, when you're not actively seeking it, it's nice to see it up there every once in a while. So thank yes. you, Disco. Thank yes, you. absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's nice that, um, that they, they realize we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. Rescue us. All right, um, GameStar Magazine, Jimmy. Um, did you um, uh, have you seen uh, the images or, or talk from this uh, this publication? I guess it came out on the 18th, I think it was. Um, but it's um, it's that German um, German magazine that uh, has uh, published some stuff for Star Citizen. Uh, previously, and usually, what I what I remember about it is the, is always the images. But uh, translated from the German, it says we talked to Chris Roberts about the challenges developing Star Citizen and got info about details concerning technical problem solving, missions, and housing. And of course, we asked for an update about the state of Squadron Forty Two. We look. We looked back at four years of development and a little bit forward into the future. We explain why Star Citizen is a true waiting game and while we and why we believe the wait might be worth it in the end. So uh, there's if you want to check it out, there's um, a lot of uh, of uh, stuff with Chris. Um, it has been translated into uh, into English, and I believe it's on the Reddit's. Um, I will post a link for that in the show notes. Um, but in the conversation, there were I thought some uh, notable points. Uh, they mentioned buildable homesteads uh, and even small cities with factories, mainly for orgs. Uh, so I think that's kind of excited. Plus, yeah. uh, far- farming on planets wherever you want. You know, I, I do have to say, though, that one of the things about, and I think that this we've experienced this before, 
Um, sometimes when interviews uh, with uh, CIG folk are translated uh, from a different language into English, um, something kind of just because languages are different, you know that that's something uh, lost in translation. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, it's sort of the other way around. Some stuff gets added that I think is easily misinterpreted as meaning stuff that it doesn't actually mean. Um, so that was what made me think about that was the the little bit there about buildable homesteads and even small fa- cities with factories uh, for orgs because I the last we heard um, that uh, these um, these production nodes were not going to be player ownable uh, at least uh, at least not uh, to begin with so I don't I, anyway point being I just want to read too much into it like you know oh hey we're gonna have you know those guys with ships. Um, um, you know, missile company. You know, well, I'd- and I'm sure we'll talk more. I'm assuming that we're going to talk more about this when we've got Mark on board. But um, did you hear or did you see the uh, the conversation? I forget where it was uh, about the survival the survival aspects of the game. Yes, the one though Dan Truffin. The interview yes. with Dan Truffin. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, and that was I think was it translated from Dutch or I forget what language, but. I tried to read it and it was it was rough. It was rough, but um, yeah, I know Mark. Mark listened to the whole thing and, and uh, was real excited about it. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with uh, with him in the go the those guys with ship show, mm-hmm. which we'll be hearing next week. It's it's interesting to see you know where where the game is progressing to. Um, the screenshots are absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- we're gonna I'm sure we're gonna link those in the show notes. I really encourage everybody to go check those out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just stunning, and it's like. You know, you see the pictures that we're capturing now in game, and so it, it very easily translates over to you know what we're seeing with these newer images, um, as far as uh, you know, as far as uh, procedurally generation, procedurally generated planets, uh, atmospheric flight. Uh, it's just it's incredible. I mean, it's just stunning, and the game is really it. It is. I agree a hundred percent. A thing worth waiting for. Yep. Yep. I I agree. Um, so there's also some talk in there about farming on planets, um, that the, the 3.0 schedule plan should be coming out this month, maybe. Um, uh, they're still working on some of the big ships in Squadron 42, something to do with cutscenes and lighting. Uh, I didn't really understand what, what they were talking about there. And um, I thought this was kind of interesting. If he had to do it again from scratch, um, uh, Chris would be more clear on the point that the more stretch goals and the money that comes along with uh, those stretch goals um, obviously means that, or meant at the time, that the game can take longer to develop. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's you know, uh, I mean, I, I think that it's easy to um, it's easy to understand that, but uh, when, if it wasn't stated explicitly, uh, unfortunately, I think it, it gives uh, folks with a with um, a tendency to uh, glass half empty. Uh, uh, you know, develop concerns. Well, to be fair, we also live in a society now where, you know, it's instant gratification. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced this with, with Quantum Drive. You know, Quantum Drive, we've talked about this because the show uses copywritten music. I can't save it anywhere for anyone to listen to later. So mm-hmm. people actually have to tune in on the three days that the show is, is broadcast. 
And that's weird for people. And I get it because that's not, we don't live in that society anymore. So right. when you take a game like Star Citizen that under normal circumstances, we would only just now be talking about this game. You know, under normal circumstances, this game would have been announced a year ago. Right. You know, um, with a publisher. And we would be a year into the development of the game and all we would have is screenshots. Right. But because the game is transparent, because we've been following the game for so long, you know, people burn out. Um, people get frustrated. Uh, you know, they want they want it now. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're taking on average a AAA title on average is five years. But when you're building, you know, tools and building the game from the ground up, you're not using existing technology, then you can expect the game to take six, seven years. It's not unusual. And so, but the problem is that because we've been following the game since day one, and and I mean the collective we, not necessarily you and I specifically, um, you get to a certain point where after, you know, two, three years in, four years in, and I can understand that, you start to get like, you know, where's the game? Or you start to kind of fall off. uh, You can only keep your enthusiasm up so long. You know, Uh, for us, like, you know, this game for me personally is the game that I've always wanted. I'm not a huge gamer. My wife is a huge gamer. I'm not a huge gamer. I I like to play games, but I really like virtual sandboxes more than anything. And so that's what keeps me going with this game. And also the understanding that this stuff takes time and I'm older and I'm patient and, you know, it'll be done when it's done. And in the meantime, I, I log in every couple of weeks and spend a few hours flying around in my spaceship. Right. But that's not always, that's not the case with a lot of people. Right. And in a society where it's like now, 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 it becomes tough when it drags on five years, six years, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, and I think that's sort of the, um, the other side of that, um, double edged sword. Yeah. Uh, for, this kind of development because we haven't seen this before. Yeah, and and I get it. I, like I'm certainly not casting aspersions on anybody's you know frustration or or burned outness. You know, right. it's it, it really truly is a double edged sword. These things take time. Great things take time. When you're when you're pushing the envelope, it takes time. Flip side of that is we don't live in that type of society anymore. People want it now. Right. Yeah. No. It's uh, and the frustrations are natural, normal, yeah. and healthy. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so anyway, I'll um, uh, I'll link those uh, those images uh, in the uh, show notes. Yeah, they're very very cool. Um, it's I mean it's nothing really uh, uh, dramatically. It's just it's basically just different shots of stuff. We, yeah, we are already sort of know. There's it, a great shot of the caterpillar in there. And, right. It's not anything that we haven't seen. It isn't anything we've necessarily not seen before. It's just different images in different locations and different places and just gives you that much more eye candy to kind of look at and go, oh, I can't wait to play this game. Exactly. Um, so, all right. Well, um, and speaking of getting there, uh, we did get an updated production schedule report. Yay! Uh, so, the current 2.6.1 aim date is February 16th. So, that I was, kind of, I, was, I was kind of thinking it might be a little bit sooner than that. That doesn't surprise me. Mm. Um, and there is no longer any information uh, pertaining to versions 3.0 and beyond in uh, in the document. So yeah, that you know, I, I feel like you know that's because I, I kept going back and referring. That goes, oh, when when's the uh, the farming coming in, or when's this particular ship coming in? And because it had that stuff all laid out from just like we saw at CitizenCon. So that's all gone now. So um, I, I think that the, those those expectations have to be taken off the table. Well, and, and I think, you know, I, f- I forget 
what our predictions were, but I'm not expecting to see 3.0 for at least uh, second quarter. Mm. You know, uh, maybe end of first quarter, beginning of second quarter. But I, I'm not. I have no designs on seeing that game uh, that that push until later in the year. Maybe maybe even you know end of second quarter. Uh, mm. You know, I do think that we'll see a snowball effect once they get over those major hurdles. Because think about it, 3.0 is a massive release to the game. Yep. Um, it, it really kind of brings the game in line with what the ultimate vision is. It's just a smaller version of that. Right. So, uh, you know, we might not see it until the middle of the year, you know, and, and, you know, that's okay. I think for me, the biggest thing is, and I talked about this last week, I want to see 2.6.1. I want a more stable game. Right now, I can't hang out in the persistent universe. I have great, I have 100 up, 100 down. I've got great files internet mm-hmm. at my house the lag is a nightmare so right. that leaves me with playing arena commander playing star marine both of which are fun but i like hanging out in the persistent universe i like doing stuff in that universe and the last two times i've been in game the lag has been horrible so i don't care about 3.0 right now give me a more stable game you know and that's what we're going to hopefully see with 2.6 well, um, yeah, two point six point one. Like I said, the middle of middle of next month. Point one, so, sorry. Yeah, so there's um, and nothing about three point and then also no mention of working dates for Squadron Forty Two either. So no, it, I, it it is a little concerning that they're not dropping dates, you know. But the the flip side of that is from what they had up to the fact that they've taken it down, a lot of that could have changed to the plus. Yeah, well, and I, but I think that, and they've meant, it's been mentioned in a couple of places that they're since they've come back from the year end break, uh, they're they're working on that. They're working yeah. on put, putting those schedules together. So, I'm not I'm not saying um, uh, you know that uh, they've taken that away and it's not coming back. What I'm saying is that we we had something to look at to refer to, and now which we knew wasn't accurate, that's been taken down. Uh, we we haven't had the. Um, the corrected information put back up, so there's that sort of vacuum which uh, is dangerous for fertile minds such as ours. Yeah, absolutely. You immediately start to think the worst. Where the truth of the matter is, it could actually be something fantastic. They they could have, they could be putting more in the 3.0. Um, they they could also be putting less in the 3.0. Uh, you know, but every day it's a it's a moving target. It's a moving target for them. It's it's game development. You know, every day there's a new challenge. Every day there's something new that pops up. Every day there's a new breakthrough. So. Mm-hmm. You know, coordinating with that many offices and trying to get it locked down, it's a gutsy thing to put the information up that they are putting up uh, with this with this new uh, production schedule. Yep, I agree. Because um, in the in the point one, uh, we are going to get uh, some uh, some uh, hopefully some fixes to uh, stability, and then yeah. also there were I guess a couple of things that were supposed to go into two point six that they pulled. Uh, near the end of that development, which are going to be put back in. So Leader, leaderboards being one of them, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, then we also got um, a weekly newsletter, yay! Um, and uh, basically, it was announcing the updated production schedule, which came out last Friday. So Friday the eighteenth. What's today? Twenty three, twenty two, twenty nineteen. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? Um, and so. 
Um, and another thing that they mentioned about the uh, the uh, 6.1 was that it was going to have uh, more spectrum. It was going to have the spectrum in it, uh, which right now I guess is in PTU. Um, so um, and uh, Chris was encouraging folks who have uh, PTU access to the spectrum to uh, to use it uh, so that they uh, can get feedback and then uh, make some uh, some changes and then uh, include it with the um, release of 2.6.1. Um, also, they announced that there is going to be a 2.6.2 incremental patch, which is going to include something called the Mega Map feature. Um, and uh, though it's they call it Mega, they say it, actually, in fact, it is very, very small. Um, it's um, kind of a um, it has something to do with the way information is delivered to your clients. So it's. Um, I don't. It's supposed to make the transitions between um, uh, different parts of the game more seamless. Okay. Uh, how how is it going to do that? I don't know. I mean, it's very. I mean, it's. I get. I get. I'm baffled by the thermos. You know, you put hot stuff in there, it stays hot. You put cold stuff in there. It stays cold. <laughs> well, how? one one of the how one of the know? one of the common issues, and like I, I've found this, like uh, you know, I, I like currently. In the current iteration of the Persistent Universe, I like to go out, I like to get my um, my criminal rating up, and then I like to have people come after me while I try and get my criminal record um, expunged, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing I like to do. Um, it's practice. You know, it's practice at... Uh, at uh, PvP, it's practice at uh, you know both in in my ship and on the ground. But one of the things that I've noticed, and this is no surprise, they've talked about this before. If you're trying to just jump away, right? If you just just quantum drive like out to nowhere, um, the game gets very choppy because you're not near that kind of core, and mm-hmm. the the server lag becomes a, a bit unbearable. And you've really got to like get out of that and jump to a uh, to a destination point quickly, otherwise you're going to crash, and that's something that they've got to fix. And it seems like this is, you know, part part of the part of that fix. You know, especially with moving to Amazon, uh, the Amazon service as well. Um, aside from the exchange rate for you know different uh, different countries mm-hmm. uh, or the the up down rate. I am not a technical person, so don't send me emails. Um, <laughs> But that is an issue, you know, where you, you know, you've got to be able to jump out to the furthest reaches of, of the map, so to speak, and have some reasonable playability there. You know, otherwise, what's the point of exploring if you can only go to, um, waypoints, you know, or, or noted destinations that kind of kills the whole exploring thing. And so that's definitely something that, that's got to be resolved as well. And maybe this mega map feature, uh, will help with that. Yes, yes, I, I think that it's it's intended to to um, in sort of encapsulate your individual experience and present that individual experience uh, in a smoother fashion. Yeah. Um, technically, how it does it is space magic. Yeah, it's space magic. Exactly. I like that. Let's. That's we should. That's that's a new term. I think that that's right up there with uh, with porridge, with so yeah. porridge, <laughs> space, space magic. magic. Um, and uh, so, and then also, you mentioned the Amazon uh, AWS. That uh, is going to, um, uh, they're going to be including um, uh, something to do uh, with that. Um, uh, it's going to include uh, multi region game servers, which was a stretch goal, and right. is now going to uh, make it easier, or it's going to be made easier by the move to uh, the AWS. Um, so, 
cover your heads, Europe and Australasia is actually, that was Chris's word, not mine. Those pings are going to be dropping like flying pigs, which can't fly, which is why they're going to be dropping. <laughs> you see? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, so that's um, uh, that's sort of our weekly update on uh, on the uh, what we can expect going forward in the near future. Uh, we did get um, a special edition of Around the Verse. It was Alien Languages. Um, this week's Around the Verse special edition features an extended interview with Britton Watkins, our xenolinguistics specialist who is creating languages for the various aliens of the Star Citizen universe. If, if you're into lore, this was a great watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, he mentioned that the uh, the Vanduul uh, they communicate verbally as well as visually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can use hand gestures. They also change colors, which is, is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then they talked a little bit about the Xi'an too. Um, that it's a, a very complex language and it is uh, spoken differently depending upon context. So, for example, if you're speaking formally, a Xi'an would pronounce the word Xi'an as Xi'an. Though, if uh, speaking informally, they would instead pronounce the same word as Sean, which um, uh, they eliminated an entire syllable. So, there you go. And that, <laughs> that is, I mean, that's, and if you think about it, that's a lot of subtlety there. And, that's so uh, cool, though. I mean, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in with them and you're able to, you know, be referred to as, as Sean as, instead of Xi'an, um, I think he made a reference to, uh, I forget what the term was, but the, uh, the way that you would address a friend. Lay um, or lay, I think, or loss, lay or, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, it's just, it, it, it is, it's a great subtle differential um, in that particular race and it's really cool to be able to play with that uh, basically kind of a dialect in a way um, and I, th- I thought that was a really great interesting twist and the guy um, is really into what he does as a xenolinguistist uh, ling- linguist Oh, you and your words. I know. Making them up, you know, as I go. (laughs) Um, But just, yeah, it was a great, I really enjoyed it. Um, And there are already parts, uh, it got my wheels spinning. There's already parts, uh, specifically the Vandal, the way that they communicate, that's already in Quantum Drive now, um, based on a story arc that I'm writing. And I cannot wait to figure out how to work in uh, the Xi'an uh, dialect differences uh, into an upcoming story. Yeah, yeah. I, well, but, you know, that there is that much subtlety is, you know, you, you think about it, they've got to develop gameplay mm-hmm. to to take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, no, 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 no joke. 10-year game, 20-year game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so have you translated your name to Vanduul yet? No. Is there a, Van, is there a name translator? Because if there is, link it because I want to do it. I, no, I don't know that there is actually a translator, but I think it was the symbols. Um, and because uh, I think Mark was uh, saying something about it in text chat, um, uh, and I know they, they were talking a bit about um, about uh, the origin of the written Vandal language and how because I guess they have uh-huh. three f- they have three fingers like right, um, and um, they uh, <laughs> yeah exactly, and uh, that uh, the symbols were sort of uh, you know they developed the symbols by mocking up um, a Vanduul hand and then like pressing it into clay. So right, they, right, right, right. So he says it really involved cool stuff. So Watching the way, watching, they, then I remember they posted the image too where they show like 
what the language looked like when it was like written or scratched with fingers and, and how the language evolved into something that was a, the form was a little bit tighter, um, kind of the way that uh, our writing has evolved from the written page to the digital page. Well, yeah, I mean, or you can go back further, you know, to the, you know, we were scratching stuff on cave walls, you know. Right, right. Yeah, you know, stick. A lot of, a lot of care, a lot of care taken into that. Um, It just, it just adds immersion, man. It just, it really, it it brings you into that universe that much more. The fact that, you know, the, the, the Vandul language is a real language and you could potentially learn it or you could potentially have an app on your Mobi glass like Google Translate, but, you know, Vandul Translate or Xeon Translate uh, is just really cool. Babelfish. I'm, I'm going to get a Babelfish. Um, <laughs> stick it in my ear. Um, and then also it was very cool. Um, you get to see um, uh, some stuff in there with, for, with uh, Patrice. I'm sorry, Patrice. I'm going to butcher your name here. Uh, Mayambana um, and Andy Circus uh, speaking Vanduul uh, for the Squadron 42 performance capture. So that that was very, very cool. Yeah, Absolutely. And it was a good. It gave you a good impression of, of what the language sounds like. Uh, a little, little. If you didn't watch it, a little, little Klingonish. You know, it's it's a it's a harsh language. Like like Klingon is a harsh language, um, but really cool, really cool. I, yeah. But as far as we know, they do not eat worms. Yes. Okay. Um, and then we had um, a subscribers town hall too uh, on the persistent universe. So that was uh, very exciting. Game director Chris Roberts, global head of production Aaron Roberts, design director Todd Pappy, and persistent universe director Tony Zervek sat down together at CIG Los Angeles studio to answer questions from subscribers about Star Citizen's persistent universe. So, you know, it's always a good time when they put the big brains together in a room to discuss this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, the only, I'm thinking the only way it could have been better is if they had uh, had popped Bender in there to like do an interpretive dance version of what they were saying. I think <laughs> he is he is very fluent in his movements. Yeah, it's like you know, dude, I'm performing my cycle at Crane Jackson's Fountain Th- Street Theater on Tuesday night. Can, can you can you pull that one? Can you pull that one? No. Oh wait wait wait. Um. Uh. Yes, I can. Uh. The Big Lebowski. Oh, there you got it. Winner, uh-huh. winner, chicken dinner. Uh, um, that all that said, uh, there was a couple questions I thought which were interesting and worth discussing. Uh, somebody asked, "What's going to happen with the multi crew when I log out or am disconnected?" So we've talked about this before. Yeah, and they've and, talked about this before. Yeah, but they reiterated. They said, "When you log out or are disconnected, your ship will persist for some period of time, and then it will disappear. If there are other active players on board your ship." Then it will remain as long as they do. So I think this this makes some sense. But yeah. um, where it could get sticky is on logging back in. So like, what if you log out in a place that it's all peaceful and 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 everything's fine, but then when you come to log back in, it's like the middle of this huge battle. Or is it going to log you into that that place without warning? Or is it potentially going? Is it going to give you some sort of indication like? Uh, you may not want to do that at this point. Would you instead prefer to have your ship um, uh, spawn at a nearby uh, starport or something like that? Captain's Log, star date twenty seven forty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I, I think it's a couple of things. I think first off, there's going to be a certain amount of um, th- th- when you but you log on, there will be a delay that will allow you the opportunity to react. In other words, you're not going to log into a if if your ship is logged out, you know, not your crew. If your ship is completely logged out and you you log back in, if you log out in space, 
mm-hmm. I would imagine that there is going to be a an amount of time from the time that you pop into the verse where you're not going to be able to be attacked. Five seconds, ten seconds, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, and you will have a warning. You know, you you've logged in uh, to a spawn of pirates. You know, uh, and you'll have a a an amount of time to react. The other side of that is, and I love this. Captain goes to his quarters and logs out and leaves the crew to go ahead and take care of the rest of the ship. Goes, hangs out with his his wife, watching TV or playing, you know, playing, you know, Overwatch or something or whatever, you know, whatever else other thing you're doing. You get a text message from your crewmate, dude. Um, we kind of screwed up and wandered into Vandal territory. I kind of need you to log back in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's, like, they, well they they brought that up. Uh, you know, someone was saying. Um, Something along the lines of, you know, well, what happens if I log out and basically my my douchebag friends uh, blow up my ship? And essentially what, what Chris said Get was... Get better friends? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so he said, that's a risk. You know, that that's a, a, a real risk. No, so, you, you, need a, you need a crew that you can trust, you know. And mm-hmm. I love the idea, especially... Especially for exploring, you know, um, or, or even like long cargo runs, you know, where, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's going to take five hours to cross a map. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got a good crew, you know, you can log on. Hey, listen, I'm going to I'm going to be on for the next you know hour, hour and a half. You know, can you go ahead and take second shift? Yeah, no problem. I'll jump on for second shift. You know, uh, hey, you know, uh, you could pretty much run run the ship on my own so long as I don't run into any problems. Right. Um, you know, and you can work in shifts, and it 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 does add a, a layer of realism to the game that I think is phenomenal. Yeah, I, and they did. They mentioned that as well. That you know, like if you have a, a long journey, uh, you know, if you're beginning a gameplay uh, objective that is going to take you know multiple days to complete, um, how do you uh, go about doing that? Right. And said, you know, you, you will be able to coordinate with uh, with your your orgies uh, to uh, to do these things in shifts, which I think is is very very cool. The one thing that is sort of sort of interesting, and we've talked about uh, about this before, is. How do you so now suppose that um, a mission begins and um, and one of us is not available, but we really want to be in on it? Can you go ahead and start the mission? I'm able to come in the next day. Am I able to? Uh, I think what the verb we used was smithing. Um, right. Will I be able to smith onto your ship from wherever it is and join that um, that uh, adventure or? Um, 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 if so, what will the mechanic for that be? Um, if not. Um, Okay, um, that that just may be a reality we have to learn to to, to, to deal with. Well, smithing, if I was a was a, a term that came up quite a ways back, and and they haven't. I don't think they've really circled back around to this. And for those of you that are not familiar with it, the concept is that you should be aside from having actual friends or actual org members or actual players crewing your ship. You will have the ability, and they've mentioned this fairly recently, you'll have the ability to hire crew, NPCs. Mm-hmm. Right. And those NPCs' skill levels will vary, as, and, and their rate of pay will vary based on their skill levels. So that's all well and good. So, you know, if you need to go on a long journey and you don't want to have your friends tag along, you hire a full crew of NPCs, they do their job, you do your thing. Where smithing comes into play is is the concept of... Your friends are able to log in as as your NPC, and I don't know how that's going to work. I don't think they've really elaborated on it much since way back in the day. I think maybe Chris touched on it very briefly recently, but the concept is 
that you log in and you don't play your character, you play the NPC that's on that ship. Right. This this allows for you to be able to go and have your own game experience and do your own thing and your own jam without having to, if you want to crew your friendship, without having to go and play catch-up when they're on the other side of the galaxy. You can mm-hmm. just smith in, a la Matrix, to that to your friend's hired NPC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, I... I- yeah, I think that I think that's a um, a um, uh, an interesting and uh, exciting mechanic. Um, but then, you know, like so many other mechanics that are in the game, uh, we we haven't really seen the design right, doc on right. it yet. And um, so, and, and and I don't think that I don't think that they're even close to being there yet. I think you know, no. right now the priority is just just getting the AI online. You know, the, I mean, they're not even you know we're not even in, in a serious discussion about you know hiring NPC crew. There's no talk of that in three no. Um, so even NPC hiring NPC crew is going to be a thing. It has to be a thing, especially on the larger ships, the ships that you know you can't get thirty friends to play with you every time you want to play. So it has to be an in-game function. But I don't see that happening for quite some time. Mm, yeah. Um, another question that someone asked is, will other races have and trade in different currencies? Uh, the answer was, at first, no. But uh, longer term, uh, Jean or Banu might have their own currencies represented in the game. But until such time as there are playable alien characters, we won't, we, the players, uh, human players, uh, won't be dealing with currencies other than UEC. Um, which I think, you know, is, is interesting, but um, uh, I think it, it sort of for, because, you know, we've always, we've talked about there are so many different ways to, or potentially so many different ways to play this game. Um, I, I think that it might be interesting um, in the if you're you know merchant trader type of person to be able to um, uh, arbitrage uh, currency inefficiencies. So if you could you know essentially uh, buy uh, UEC in one system, and then you know some in some other system you can sell that for uh, some amount of uh, a Vandul currency, which you could then um, uh, turn around and uh, trade back into UEC for at, at a better rate uh, in yet another system. I think that that's, that for some people would be uh, um, uh, an intriguing uh, gameplay aspect for, for the universe. Absolutely. This sounds to me, though, like an expansion. Well, yeah, I, I think so. And but you know, the one thing where um, uh, uh, my immersion is in danger of puckering um, uh, because it would make no sense at all um, is if uh, Vanduul use UEC. If you catch a, a Vanduul at the bar, you know, buying drinks for the house using UEC. Yeah, but here, here's the thing: you're not going to see that the the Vanduul. You you might see a Gion, you might see a Banu, um, but you're not going to see a Vanduul. They they okay. are like they're a bit savage, a bit chaotic, and they like to kill things. They're not going to go land on a UEC, uh, uh, UEE planet and go, hey, let's go have a beer. Okay, so uh, now Jackson has been into into Vandal, deep into Vandal territory. So um, he has per perchance, um, uh, and I don't know this to, uh, if, to be a fact, but he perchance has uh, come upon a bazaar or um, a, a marketplace where uh, things were being exchanged uh, between Vandal. So, uh, well, so the story goes like this, and I was very careful about this, and I see where you're going with this. Um, I, I So in Quantum Drive, the, the current story arc is that 
that Jackson is suffering the repercussions of returning a Vandul uh, dagger to mm-hmm. its to to a fallen Vandul's family. The dagger was given to him by a pirate lord, mm-hmm. and so basically the the backstory. And I don't get too much into this. It's kind of a, oh by the way, but the backstory is that this pirate is is trying to make make you know inroads here and there where he can some vandal some zeon some banu wherever he can to be able to have passage in a certain you know certain area certain locale so i'm going on the assumption that while we are at war with the vandal um because star citizen has or the makers of star citizen if you will have been very clear that this is kind of the fall of the roman empire and Mm -hmm. if you go back and look at your history of the fall of the roman empire with the vandals with the goths um, you know, with um, even you know, with the Huns, across the spectrum um, of of barbarians, there have been times when they have uh, traded. There have been times when they've been at war. Uh, there is always going to be, even if you're at full on war with the Vandul, I'm sure out there somewhere there are some, you know, people that might you know very tentatively have you know very loose or weak alliances with the Vandal, depending on if it's mutually beneficial. It's just mm-hmm. not, you know, a common thing as it would be with the with the um, Banu or the Xi'an, right? Mm-hmm. So, I was very careful about that. Basically, the and the story's already live, so you know, go check it out. I'll try not to spoil it, but the long and the, story, the, long and the short is I have very, very little communication with the Vandal. It's really more of a I'm dropping this out the airlock and I'm backing away slowly. Don't shoot at me. Right. No, but my point being is that behind enemy lines, if you will, right. uh, there, there, there is an economy of some sort. Yes. Now, if we are to find our character behind enemy lines and, you know, either spying or sneaking around or uh, find ourselves in a situation where we are able to observe, observe uh, Van Duel or even perhaps, you know, inter- be interacting with... Uh, um, a Vandul double agent, if there is such a thing. Um, if that if that transaction is going to be conducted only in UEC, um, assuming there's a monetary component to it, that I don't think makes sense. No, I agree, and I would think that the workaround for that is that there is no currency exchange. There is a item exchange, which is kind of where I went with Quantum Drive. Um, right. There's there's no exchange of currency. There is an exchange of items. Uh, in this case, I was actually being paid by a human to make a delivery so there was no exchange with the Vandal other than here's your thing I gots to go um, and I think that if that does, if that is something that does become prevalent as the game develops I think that it will be something like that where it will be a trade where a, a Vandal will want something from you and will give you a thing in exchange yeah because you're absolutely right for all intent and purposes um, our currency is worthless to them right right and it should so- be Right, and but they're but it but both currencies and their relative values should be worth something to somebody. Absolutely, and and I think as the game develops, you'll start to see that. You'll start to see, and and as as they said, you'll start to see other currencies emerging. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, and then finally, how about those bacon's, huh? Um, will we have distress bacon's, which we can utilize in times of trouble? They're Everybody loves distress bacon's. Broadcasting our location, uh, the two nearby Muppets, what might uh, make them Space Bucks rescuing folks? Yeah, absolutely. I love I love the idea of Distress Beacons on so many levels. 
uh, you know, A, the obvious, you get to fire off a distress beacon and hope someone comes and finds you. Um, and then B, the tricks from the pirates, you know, firing off false distress beacons, you know. And, you know, you, I love the idea that you could be sitting in your captain's chair with your buddy in the, in the co-pilot seat and be like, oh, I got a distress signal. Oh, we need to verify if it's, if it's legit or not, just like in a movie. Right, right. So, yes, there will be bacons and different kinds, too. There's going to be the distress bacons for to summon heroes to your aid and service bacons, which will be smart enough to send out your messages only to those appropriately equipped to service your needs. Nice. More bacons are good bacons. It's is what I've always said. And it's really clever, too. I I, I just really love the approach to this game. I really do. Because the thing is, like, you know, if there are no players out and about, then they will send an NPC out to take care of you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And if there are players out, then they won't generate an NPC. And so it really is just a win-win for everybody involved. You're not just out there waiting and hoping that there's somebody that's going to hear your distress beacon. And to some extent, you are in a role-playing aspect, but in the reality of the situation is I would imagine that there's some sort of spawn timer. You know, you send out a distress beacon, and, and I don't know, 10 minutes later, no one's responded. They will spawn an NPC to come and take care of you. To save your bacon. And to save your bacon. <laughs> so I don't like the round ones. I don't understand round bacons. It's, it's a travesty. Mm-hmm. It's an abomination. And as far as to when we get the bacons, uh, there was no mention of that, which because which was I was kind of like, oh, please, 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 say when. No, uh, but I'm guessing uh, somewhere along uh, with the uh, rescue mechanic, which is 3.3, or it was the last time we had uh, we had that uh, information available to us. So uh, we will have to see when the next um, the next uh, schedule update comes out. Perhaps there will be some uh, updated information there. But I'm guessing it'll probably come along with the rescue mechanic, which also includes the medicals, which, uh, you know, is going to make one little blue fella here very happy. Tentatively 3.3, right? Tentatively 3.3. All right. And then in this week's uh, Around the Verse, we got um, an expose on the Pirate Swarm. Uh, Around the Verse returns with a new format. So this that last one, the, uh, the languages one, that was a special edition one. Uh, this is the new going forward version of the Around the Verse. Uh, new format that focuses on specific aspects of the game rather than one particular studio. So Chris and uh, Sandy were there to host, um, and it featured a look at the work that went into the new and improved Pirate Swarm gameplay mode in Alpha 2.6. So not a whole lot to, um, uh, to uh, add to this, um, except that... Uh, uh, the Pirate Swarm uh, mode is uh, now a test bed for new AI behaviors, which, you know, are all so, oh so important to the 3.0. Um, and that in 2.6.1, they are going to make changes to the pirate bosses, which uh, should ratchet up the difficulty significantly. Because I guess uh, a lot of people were blowing through wave 18. Is it, is it still 18 waves? I believe so, yes. Yeah, we're blowing through uh, to wave eighteen and, and unlocking uh, the caterpillar. Was it was it a skin or was it the ability to buy a caterpillar? I, I, I hear conflicting things. Um, no, it's it's the ability to upgrade to that skin. Oh, okay. So. Ba- basically, the long and the short is you get to eighteen. I, I don't know if they've made this available to everybody, or if you know if that was like a temporary thing and now it's available to everybody, or if it's if this is still in play, but. The, the concept was you get to 18 and then you're able to go onto the website uh, to the cross chassis upgrade 
mm-hmm. and for zero dollar upgrade your Connie to the Connie Pirate, or possibly if I'm assuming here because I already had a Connie or not a Connie, I'm sorry, Caterpillar. Uh, the Caterpillar uh, to upgrade uh, your Caterpillar to the Caterpillar Pirate for zero dollar, um, or not ha- if I've already like I said I already had a Caterpillar, but if you don't have a Caterpillar, I'm guessing you could probably for a limited time buy that particular version of the ship. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's you know I I am back so that in, version. I am not pirate, so no, you're not a pirate. I am not a pirate. Um, so and uh, then we have also speaking of new and improved formats, we have the new RTV. Uh, it's called Star Citizen Happy Hour. Um, it's we've had uh, two installments uh, thus far in uh, two po- or on the thirteenth rather. Uh, it's um, uh, design director Todd Pappy, senior producer Alex Marshall, and community streamer Meyer from Test Squadron uh, join community managers Jared Huckabee and Tyler Whitkin as they play Star Marine and answer questions with you. That'd be us, the fans. Um, then in this last week uh, they did um, uh, or. Tech director uh, Sean Tracy joined uh, Jared and Tyler as they played in uh, the the PU um, along with the community streamer Gray Headed Gamer. So I like um, this less form. It's a less formal format of the Happy Hour right. um, or of, of the RTV. They call it the Happy Hour. Um, though um, so far I'm still uh, finding it a little less entertaining than the old RTV when it was just you know a hang with with Ben and Disco and whoever you know walked by you know. Uh, from somebody's desk, you know, like back, you know, back before. And I think that that changed when they moved to the new office, if I'm not mistaken. That that be prior. Now, where the new office, I get so confused in Southern California. Is is it the new one office in Santa Monica, or they moved from Santa Monica? No, that well, no, they're still in Santa Monica. They just moved to a different facility. Okay, I, I thought I thought they they were they were either now or had previously been in L.A. proper. That's no, no, no. Place. They were they were in Santa Monica. They still. Are in Santa Monica. Oh man, I'm such a tourist. Um, so anyway, I, I I I think it's an improvement over what we had before. I know I, I'm I'm thinking a lot of people are not feeling that way because I know a lot of people really liked the more information heavy format of of uh, the RTV, which uh, was uh, what they had uh, what they went to from when uh, uh, Ben and uh, Disco used to host. Uh, up till the end of the year, but um, uh, you know what? That's I, I. I like the. This is why I'm involved in this community. Is the fun? Is for you know? It's for the hang. You know, is games with my buddies. It's it's yeah. not. You know, I don't want to learn things. Learning is hard. Well, you know, and and it's open development. It's the first time anyone's ever done that. Uh, you know, things are things are going to change. You know, the way that they disseminate the information is going to change both over the course of time and and kind of learning the best way to do something like this because it's never been done before and then also figuring out what you can and what you can't disseminate you know it's it's really easy when the game first when the game is first being developed to be able to you know make all of these claims and and put information out there but as you start getting closer and closer to release in, in some respects you have to kind of give less and less information mhm mhm yeah, no, I, I agree. So they, they do have to kind of adapt as, yeah. as, the, as, the, as the process evolves. So anyway, I, I like this better than what we had before. I don't like it as much as what we had to begin with, but, you know, that's just me. All right, well, anything else? What do we got coming up? Well, um, I, I will say, uh, had you had an opportunity to see this? Hold, dun, 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 dun. hold on. And uh, pasted. 
So for those of you out there in... Uh, yes, I did see that. Not, I watched that right, right before we started. Yeah. yeah. For those of you out there in the uh, not looking at what we're looking at land, which is everyone <laughs> except Gleep and I, um, I don't know how legit this is, but it seems pretty legit. There's a, uh, a tweet, or I'm uh, sorry, a YouTube post from a gentleman named Teller. And it's Star Citizen Gadgets Preview Update. Now, I haven't had the time to do any significant research into how this video came about. And there isn't anything official on CIG. So if this is leaked information, let me be the first one to apologize uh, to CIG. But I don't think it is. I'm just not really sure where this came from. But if this is accurate as far as, you know, rumors and interesting things to check out... It's a very interesting thing to check out. Um, it shows what looks to be the concepts for all of the gadgets from, uh, I can only assume, a plasma torch to what is potentially maybe a, a medical healing kit mm-hmm. to the, um, the uh, digital, uh, digital uh, uh, makeup, of the, the, what's the word I'm looking for, the hologram of, of, of a player. Uh, to the um, the shield, the shield, yeah. yeah. And so it's a very interesting. It's a short video. It's only about uh, two minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It, it could be somebody just playing around. You know, this unofficial stuff it could be somebody just playing around in, um, you know, in the engine. Or this could actually be stuff that CIG, uh, you know, has been developing. But either way, it's an interesting thing to check out. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Um, we will link that in the, in the show notes too. Um, all right. Well, um, so we'll uh, we'll look and see what happens on Friday if we uh, get some more updated information in the schedule, and then just uh, uh, keep on keeping on until we get there. Yeah. All right. All right. Please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's enjin.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizen base.com where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. Check out the new INN. It can be found at imperialnews.network. Wolf's doing a good job over there. Go check it out. Uh, you know, uh, contribute. Uh, he, no, he can. Well, you can too. Reach the podcast. Uh, you can email us comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS so we can see all that goodness. Um, our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast. I'm guessing for now, I don't know what's going to happen um, when the spectrum comes out, if, the, if our our uh, webpage on the uh, site is going to change. So that's going to be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, on Steam, we are those guys with ships. And uh, please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Jimmy, you know, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. It's true. Who said I, that? I don't know who said that, but I agree with that sentiment. It's right there. I put it right there. I know. I was looking at something else. It's right there. I'm just not paying attention. I'm not paying attention to the show notes. You please. It's Socrates. Socrates said it. <laughs> Socrates. Nice. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Uh, you can find me most chatty over on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Um, talk about all sorts of things. Um, I've become more politically aware lately, which I kind of hate, but I don't know. It just seems like that's kind of, you know, 
important right now. Uh, but you know, Star Citizen, Star Wars, uh, you know, gaming, uh, all, all sorts of things. So stop over, say hi. Uh, you can also check me out uh, every uh, Thursday night. Uh, I do Quantum Drive over on the base, and that it is does. a that is a live stream. Uh, I am in. What is the old, uh, well, what will soon be the old uh, RSI official uh, verse cast, those guys with ships, org uh, chat channel. Yep. So I'm in there every every Thursday night with Gleep. Um, I'm on Discord every Thursday night. Uh, and then I'm also on the uh, Twitch uh, stream for the base. So, you know, I, it's a great opportunity to come out and say hi uh, in between, uh, in between um, the uh, actual narrative of the show. Uh, I'm a chatty Kathy. You can ask me anything. We'll talk and hang out and have a good time. I'm always happy to talk about music. And uh, other than that, the show is also on every rebroadcasted every Saturday at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time and every Thursday morning at uh, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So there's a couple of places, a couple of ways to check out the show. Uh, we are in season three. Uh, things are not good for Jackson, and they are going to continue <laughs> to get worse. Oh my goodness! You're creating um, tension, aren't you? Yes, it's just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> well, and also, you know, come out and join us um, on Thursdays. We listen to the show while while playing games. Uh, sometimes it's Star Citizen. Um, more recently, it's been in uh, GTA. Uh, so, you know, shout out to uh, those guys with cars. Uh, our, our guys, uh, our regulars include um, uh, Sorian. He's out there quite a bit. Uh, Wolf is, is out there quite a bit. Uh, Avi, uh, myself, uh, Sir Turd Ferguson, um, Zampir, and um, I apologize if I'm forgetting anybody. Uh, Hardpoint and um, uh, Fable Junkyard, they haven't been out for a while, but they, they were out. Oh, last Friday, John was out, and we, we had a real good time. So uh, come on out and, and join us in game if if you're not a, a fan of the GTA uh, don't you know you can still come join us in chat we uh, we hang out and play while listening to the show and it's uh, it's a grand time delightful until next time then we are those guys with ships and this has been the verse cast see you guys we are Groot there's no we I I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I could be Groot too, and that means we are Groot. <laughs> I just had a whole conversation with you in Groot. Gleep. Gleep. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I'm Groot. I am Groot. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take you to HR now. Like, that's the first time I've been there. <laughs>